We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We are officially kicking off Marshall Week today, folks. We will have some references, obviously, to the past game because you always have to learn from the past as you prepare for the next. And that's going to be part of what we do today. So our show today is going to really have three main parts. The beginning, we're going to kind of look at Let's talk Notre Dame first, right? And Ryan and I are going to, you know, we've broken down the film from last week. We've also started prep work for Marshall. And there's some areas that Notre Dame didn't play well on Saturday against the Buckeyes that are going to have to play well against Marshall on Saturday uh, if they're going to do handle business the way that they need to handle business on Saturday. And so we're going to look at Notre Dame first and just the things we, we, we would be focusing on if we were coaches and then as analysts what we need to see from Notre Dame on Saturday. And then we'll do an intro to, to Marshall. We're going to kind of talk about, you know, their, their personnel. We're going to talk about their scheme, their coach. Is a, is a, his Charles Huff is the head coach of Marshall. He's a name that Notre Dame fans should be somewhat familiar with because he was someone that Notre Dame interviewed for the starting for, starting running, the running backs coach position back in 2019 before they ended up hiring Lance Taylor because Charles Huff chose to go to Bama. He was there for, I believe, a year before Marshall hired him as their head coach. Very good football coach really great reputation as a running backs coach and recruiter, not just as a recruiter, but also as a really good running backs coach. So this is a guy that can coach, uh, had a good first couple years at Marshall, uh, especially, well, so this will be what year two, right? So he was at Alabama for 19 and 20. Yep. And then he's been at Marshall. This is his second year. So uh, they went to a bowl game last year, went seven and six last season. And Ryan is, as we'll get into it, but this is, this is a team that if you want to say what's an equivalent, this is not Bowling Green in New Mexico folks. This, in my opinion, this is a team that's they're better than what Toledo was last year. They are. They have better athletes. They have more size. Uh, and they're also coached well as Toledo was. That's the one thing about Toledo last year. Toledo was coached very well last year. Yes. Yep. They they played a they played above their talent level, and Notre Dame played down to them. Marshall's the kind of team that can beat you if you play like you did against Toledo last year because they're better than Toledo. But this is also still a team that Notre Dame 
should handle if we're being honest. Like, I mean, again, what do we do on this show? We walk and chew gum at the same time. We can we can say, hey, look, this is not a team you can just sleepwalk through. This isn't Ball State. It's not Miami, Ohio. It's a good football team for that level. Mm-hmm. But it's also a team that when you have Notre Dame's talent, if you're coached well and you're a team that's got good leadership, this should not be a competitive game either, at least not for four quarters. And so that's where Notre Dame has to make their improvements, Ryan. Uh, Brian, I mean, for me, I, I was kind of – working through this in my head earlier after I watched, you know, the, the full game of Marshall last week where they played Norfolk state. And I'll, I'll say this, the, the perception from Notre Dame fans should, are going to be that Notre Dame should win 50 to nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. The reality is that Notre Dame maybe should win 50 to nothing. Like they are a better sure. football team than Marshall. There's no doubt. The things that I'm looking forward to and things that I want to be very candid about is that I was very impressed with Marshall on film. And I again, mm-hmm. I know it was just Norfolk State, FCS team. I get it. I understand. But they have a couple of football players that we're going to talk about later that are good players. One is in particular that I was like, that kid should be playing Power 5 football somewhere and would be a contributing player on Power 5 that we'll talk about a little bit, right? And some have. Some yeah, have. Yeah. I mean, Kalen LeBourne, they're starting running backs. A kid who's a former top 100 recruit from Florida State. You know, Anthony yep. Watts. Notre Dame's played against Anthony Watts before. He, he was a Purdue. Purdue. Yep. You know, yep. so then, yeah. Their the quarterback too, Henry Columbia was just at Texas Tech. So like they have they have a couple guys, man, that you're excited about and a couple guys that I didn't really even know to be honest with you before the film watch and I was like, "Oh, that, that guy's a player. Like he can play, right?" So the reality is that Notre Dame should dominate this football game. The thing that I'm interested in is that this is not a rollover, one. And then two, I want to see this is kind of a a, a, a gut check moment for me if you're Notre Dame, to be honest, because you just came off of a really emotional first game against the number two team in the country. You had a, I want to call it devastating, but like you had a loss that you would have, you know, thought you were in the football game and you had a chance to win. And now you're coming back to a team. Now you're coming next week to a team that is an inferior opponent by all accounts, right? A team that you should just kind of roll over in, to, inferior you. Yes. to you, correct? In comparison to what Notre Dame has talent wise, or right. an inferior player to mm-hmm. you, 100%. And I am curious to see what is the energy around this program. Does mm-hmm. Notre Dame just go out and just bury this team? And you're like, okay, Notre Dame's okay. They have they have some they have, they kind of the mental size cover maybe. But they're a resilient team, right? Or do they struggle early on? And it's kind of like one of those games where you're just kind of like, do you remember? Do you remember when they played a UMass a few years ago? Where mm-hmm. I'm just like, they didn't really play that well, man. I mean, like they dominated them, but like they didn't really play well, right? And right. that's like what I'm looking forward to is seeing. Is there a quick turnaround from this coaching staff that this team is able to just kind of put Ohio state past them and be like, nah, dude, like we, we, we have a lot of football in front of us, or is there a hangover effect from a close loss to Ohio state? Those things I'm looking forward to, but the key thing that we need to talk about later on is that this Marshall team is not a bad football team. They have a few football players that I really like if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Ryan, let's first focus on Notre Dame, right? We're a Notre Dame channel. We're going to focus on Notre Dame. And 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 there are some areas that this football team has to get better, and they have to get better in a hurry. And that's not because, you know, if you play like you did against Ohio State on Saturday against against Marshall, you'll win. I mean, you, you'll, you'll beat them. You'll beat Cal. You'll probably beat North Carolina. You'll probably beat BYU. I mean, again, you lost to the number two team in the country. I think should be the number three team in the country just because of my stance on Georgia. So you play like that where you lead for most of the, that's a win against just about everybody else in your schedule until November 5th against Clemson. But it's not about just winning games. What, what, what do we always complain about with the last head coach? It's not results oriented, right? It's a results driven business, meaning the results obviously are obviously going to determine success. But the focus, in my opinion, pro- the proper focus for coaches should never be on the result. It should be the process, right? Yep. And and so to me, just winning on Saturday is not the goal, right? It's 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 playing to your potential, getting to your potential as a football program, right? Beating Marshall by a field goal is okay. It's a win. It's great. You got to win. Sure. But I'm not walking away from that feeling good about this football team, right? It's time to start seeing some of the things. Uh, that that Notre Dame needs to focus on in order to better their football team, and so those are the things, Ryan, that 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 I want to see from this team. Um, those are the things we're going to learn from. So let's kind of start off with uh, just looking at at Notre Dame first and foremost, right, Ryan? So mm-hmm. the biggest thing is obvious: the Notre Dame offensive line needs to get better in a hurry, yeah. and it's technical. I, I I didn't have a huge issue with the fight of the group on Saturday. I, I mean, even rewatching the game, I was like, okay, they battled. They just played like they just weren't good. They didn't, they didn't move their feet. Their hand play was not good. They didn't finish blocks. They lost blocks, which all ties into feet and hand play. Mm-hmm. They struggled with twists and stunts. And against this Marshall defense, that's going to be moving all game long. They're, 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 a, they're in a, what, 92 tackles for loss last year. Which is a good really number. good number. Yeah. And and a really aggressive defense. They have a lot of kids coming back from last year's defense in the front seven. Uh, some good athletes on the secondary that they're they're not going to be afraid of Notre Dame's receivers based on what they saw on Saturday. They're going to come up. They're going to be aggressive, and so they're going to throw all the line stunts and twists and backer fires and all that kind of stuff that Notre Dame struggled with on Saturday. You're going to see from Marshall. So fundamentally, technically, and schematically, this line needs to get better in a hurry. And it's, it's something too, Brian, where you talk about, I mean, that's an all encompassing thing, right? Like the offense line needs to play better. That's for the entirety of the season that it needs to play better than it was in that game. There's no doubt about it. 
And then also when you're talking about the matchup with Marshall, and I know we're not going to get into the, the actual players for Marshall too much right now, but they have some good linebackers on the Marshall football team, man. Like they have some guys on the second level where if you're able to, my biggest thing with, with the Notre Dame offensive line, Brian, I would love to hear your opinion on this is offensive tackle play. I thought was solid to good in spurts, right? The interior mm-hmm. offensive line, I thought the worst part of it was not only were they missing blocks and just having miscommunication in general, but they weren't getting up to the second level. I mean, Tommy Eichenberg looked like a dude on that day. And, and all, due, all due respect to Tommy Eichenberg, he's not what he looked like against no. Notre Dame. He's not. No. Now, this Marshall team has a couple good linebackers where if you do not get up to the second level on these combos and just ge- in general – they're going to make some plays, man. They're going to make some tackles for loss. They're going to make plays at the line of scrimmage. Their linebackers are the strength of this team, in my opinion, on both sides of the football. So from a Marshall perspective, your interior offensive line needs to play a whole lot better. And all-encompassing, the offensive line just in general needs to play better because that was probably my most disappointing thing. I, well, it's a close one between offensive line and defensive line, man. Like, I was just very disappointed with how both lines played in the Ohio State game. So – this team, I think, is going to be built off of the fact that they're going to be able to run the football. So Notre Dame's offensive line in general just needs to be a whole lot better in this contest because the talent is there. But for whatever reason, there was just a lot of miscommunication against Ohio State and there was a lot of bad play against Ohio State. And give Ohio State some credit, right? Like their guys came to play on the defensive line. They played they played pretty good football. But I also think that they Notre Dame played didn't help well, them. which yes. exposed Notre Dame not playing well. 100%. Right, it's not like Ohio State was just out there lollygagging around the field, and Notre Dame just, you know, like Ohio State played hard. I was talking mm-hmm. with a friend last night, Ohio State guy, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I came away from this game more impressed with Ohio State than I was going in, and I was someone who had Ohio State as my preseason number three team because they haven't been a real physical team for a few years, and they, they were prepared to match Notre Dame's physicality, and then in, in some instances exceeded it. Yes. And that's not where you need to – you're not going to go to Columbus and beat them if you get out physical. Now, there's two ways you can get out physical. One is you just don't play hard. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case. Ohio State just played harder. And that's going to be something that uh, Harry Heastan is is not going to be overly fond of. And yes. so uh, that's obviously a, a, a big thing that they're going to have to to get to and, and, and adjust and, and adapt. So line play has to improve, Ryan, a, a ton. Now, will Jarrett Patterson be back – Personally, and unless he's just like, if he wasn't healthy enough to play against Ohio State, there's no way he's going to be 100% by Saturday. I would not play him this week. I wouldn't. And I know it's probably not what they're going to probably try to get him back. But I mean, I would just let him rest all week. I would not take a chance of him aggravating that foot even more. You're going to need Jarrett Patterson. Yeah. And I want to see also how Andrew Kristoffick and Josh Lug and Zeke Carell respond. Because I want to figure out who wants to stay in the starting lineup when Jared Patterson does get back. The last two are the biggest important parts for me, right? Because I, I thought Andrew Gustafa competed. I don't think once he, say did, that what he, he played... did last year. He, he yeah. Somebody asked was, me today, how did you think yeah. Andrew Gustafa played? I'm going to tell you what I said to him, Ryan, and I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on this. That's why I'm interrupting you because sure. I want to get your thoughts on this. Absolutely. I said he he wasn't the war. He wasn't. So how did you think Gustafa played? And my response was basically, he he was the of the interior guys. I said he was the best because he wasn't the worst. Yes. And and what I meant by that was he was exactly the same guy he was last year. There were no snaps where it's just like, oh my gosh, Andrew Kristoffic got killed. There were also no snaps you're like, oh wow, Andrew Kristoffic did a great job. He just was kind of just did his job, right? That's what he did last year. He just did yeah, his yeah, job. Yeah. Now he needs yeah. to play a lot better. I mean there was a play where he was pulling around 
and he just gets in the hole and stops his feet and then lets the guy come to him. Like, no, finish that block. Like, you got around to the hole. You moved around quickly. Now go attack that guy, you know? And and those are the things that you're going to need to see because you, you can't just be there. You you know, mm-hmm. you have to play better. But Josh Lug had a couple. I thought Josh was 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 – there were times early he was good, especially on the touchdown drive he was good. But then after that, it's just it was just – his play was really inconsistent. And then Zeke Carell, he wasn't as bad as he was last year, Ryan, but he, he wasn't good either. You know, he was, he was, he struggled, right? It wasn't as bad as he was last year, but it wasn't as good as he was in 2020 either. He's going to have to figure it out in a hurry, in a hurry. And I I was going to comment on the two that you just mentioned. I mean, Josh Lug wasn't, wasn't good during the game. I mean, I'll just leave it like that. And there were moments where Zeke Corral was the worst player on the field on both sides of the football, in my opinion. Like times, it was just, yeah. it was not great, man. Like it just was not even. No, let's rephrase. Not great illustrates that it may have been okay at points. It was no, bad. Like was bad. let's call it what it was, man. Like it was a bad performance. Zeke Corral has to have a have have a nice little comeback game here. He yeah. has to because there was question marks about him going into this season, right? Yep. And at some point. You are who you are on film, right? Like the, I don't want to hear about development and like upside. At some point, a what's he in his fourth year now at Ohio, at Notre Dame, right? Is, is this his fourth? Yeah, year he's a senior. Third year? He's a senior. senior. So senior with sophomore eligibility, right? So this is a kid where if it's not going to happen soon, it might never happen. If we're being completely honest, right? Like at some point, mm-hmm. the eye in the sky does not lie. Like I can look, I can look at Tyler Buckner and be like, Tyler Buckner is going to be a lot better because that was his first career start, right? C. Carell is now in his third year of playing time. First, you know, creeping up on around 10 starts now because he had yeah. like what five or six last year. He had two the year before. He's got it, had another one Saturday. Like, you, yep. like you said, Ryan, there's you can't use an experience as an excuse for him. With all yep. due respect to Coach Freeman, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, these guys all came into the season with multiple games of starters. Yes. And and to the point, the guys that you could point to as being inexperienced were your two best linemen on Saturday. Now, they weren't great either, Blake Fisher and Joe Alt, no. but no. they were still your two best linemen. So you can't really use that as an excuse. Your more experienced players, the ones who struggled the most. Yes. And that can't happen. Can't fru- happen. It, it, I mean, it was frustrating, man. I mean, yeah. again, I, I don't want to rehash it too much, but it, it was a frustrating thing because I had, I had just had a, I had a feeling that oh, Notre Dame's offensive line was just going to come out and they were going to, play very well and maybe potentially dominate the football game. Like that was kind of my general feeling going into the game and the interior offensive line really, really let us down, man. And it wasn't because then, because I saw on Twitter, Brian, that like, everyone's like, Oh, the Jared Patterson loss, you know, big loss. And yes, it is a big loss. There's no doubt. But the guy that replaced him was not your worst interior offensive lineman. That's the point. You didn't struggle because of the guy that replaced Jared Patterson. Right now. Look, here's the deal too. Now what we're also seeing is an extreme overreaction in the other direction. Well, we're going to find out on Saturday was that a was that a bad game where they're still trying to work out the kinks of look what we saw on Saturday Ryan is not what you saw in the spring of practice. It's not what Vince and Sean and other people like there's nobody that predicted this was going to come as far as I know simply because of the fact that they had played well in practice. Yeah. And so uh, we saw them revert into some bad habits. That's really what we saw. Um, that, that's the thing that's got to get fixed, right? Ryan is, is mm-hmm. get past those bad habits, get past those bad habits. And then all of a sudden you're going to play better. And that's the thing. Cause we saw Zeke Carell play really well in the spring game. We've yes. seen him have good practices. 
And he just reverted back to some really bad habits on Saturday. And they got to fix them quickly because Marshall's going to throw a lot at you. Marshall's not going to physically smack you in the mouth mm-hmm. the way that Ohio State did. They just don't have the size for that. You know, I, I released the uh, I released our depth chart. Marshall released their depth chart today. Uh, so we, we put that out at irishbreakdown.com. And you look at their defensive line, Ryan, and, and it's, you know, 235, 294, 303, 240. Their backups are, backups are 247, 284, 293, 264. They're not small, but they're not big either. Like their 303 yeah. guys, 6'1". You know, Anthony Watts is 6'4", 294. He's a sixth-year senior, right? They're not a real big group, but they're no, quick and they're going to no attack. Chance. There's no chance that Anthony Watts is 6'4", also, if we're being <laughs> honest with ourselves. But <laughs> True. True. Yes. So those are things that um, – that are going to have to get corrected. So offensive line clearly is a big one. Then schematically, Ryan, this team needs to be more aggressive. And that's the big mm-hmm. thing is I take, take, take the training wheels off your offense, take yeah. them off of your quarterback and attack. That's something else I want to see this weekend. Yeah. It's, I mean, we talked about it a lot on our, on our post game show. If you haven't seen the post game show, it's got like 15,000 <laughs> views at this point. Mm-hmm. So you should go back on the YouTube channel and check it out. I mean, we, Right, I I actually really enjoyed that because although it was after a loss, it was nice to just kind of vent for a yeah. little bit, you know, and try to get like the the yeah. real real thoughts out there, man, which was pretty crazy. But I mean, for me, I, I think I said it on the on the show that I just felt like there were training wheels on Tyler yeah. Buckner. I just did, man. Like I just didn't think that there was trust, you know, like it just did not fit. I did not feel like the game was called with a quarterback that you legitimately trust to run your offense right. like that's how i took the game as so i agree completely i want to see i'm not going to say you know you need to come out and you need to throw the ball x amount of times but like i want to see the game opened up a right. little bit man i want i want there to be just kind of a you i want to leave the game and be like okay all right there, there was more put on tyler buckner's plate this week there was kind right. of a there was a little bit of a let go of that leash or at least a little mm-hmm. little pull that was given you know like i need to see that i need and to let him that. make a mistake Look, yes. Tyler Buckner is going to finish his career throwing an interception at some point. Let's, I mean, can we be honest about that, right? And that was kind of one thing that, that troubled me a little bit from Coach Freeman was the whole, well, you know, what you think? That, well, first thing is he didn't turn it over. Like, look, man, I, this is always my concern with a defensive coordinator as the head coach, that you get so afraid of turning it over that you're afraid to let the kid be himself. Yeah. And he's going to make mistakes, and, and you want them being aggressive mistakes. And and we need to see him be allowed to turn it loose a little bit, you know. And and when he does get those downfield shots, hit him, take advantage, mm-hmm. hit him, yeah. you know. Move Brayden Lindsey around, move Lorenzo Styles around, do more things to design plays for them, and not other guys, right? You know, do things where you're moving Michael Mayer around, get Chris Tyree the ball more and in different ways, and then of course you can use Audric and Logan Diggs to hammer people. But those are things I want to see, Ryan, where it's a more aggressive game plan. It's a more uh, moving the pocket, getting Tyler out in space. You know, I know you don't necessarily want to use him as a runner every game, but you didn't use him enough as a runner, in my opinion, against Ohio State. You didn't. Yeah. And so, like you you mentioned, when they did power read, it worked, but it's like they only used it in like third and 11 or third and 18 or second and 23. Yeah. And it's like, how about you use that on a first and 10 a little bit to change their <laughs> eye discipline? I just felt like, the Jets were easy to see. It's like they just had that one motion all game, right? That jet motion is all they used, but didn't really use it a lot. 
you know, you didn't use it with Braden. You didn't lose it with Lorenzo. So when they were doing it, it was just pretty useless. And then when Chris Tyree did it, you were giving him the ball more often than yeah. not. So, you know, just a little bit of, a little bit more uh, just of that kind of stuff, right? Use your personnel better, differently. And then the other thing that's part of this, Ryan, is if I don't see Tobias Merriweather on the field early and getting targets early, I'm going to be a little ticked off because he is too good not to play. And we've seen, we, we know he, he's made plays in scrimmage scrimmages. He's, he's been an impactful player. Okay. Ohio state games in the past. Now it's time to get ready for coming forward. And, and you're going to need Tobias Merriweather this year. So if we don't see him uh, playing mm-hmm. on Saturday and playing early, I'm not talking about like, wait till you're up 21, nothing to get in the game. I'm talking about like first or second series. He needs to be out there. And, he, he, and when he gets out there, I don't care if he knows three routes. You throw him the ball on one of those three routes on the first couple of plays he's out there. 100% needs to happen. 100% needs to happen. Well, I, I was going to say, Brian, it's like wide receiver. We've talked about a bunch. It's like you can you can simplify how you would uh, use a wide receiver. Like you can just – I mean, if, if Lorenzo – I mean, Lorenzo. If Tobias is a player where he's only comfortable running vertical-based routes, then run vertical-based routes. Right. Who cares? Like right. let him run comebacks. Let him run – fades like that's fine find a simplistic role for him and i was just going to comment real quick because you mentioned it briefly but the usage of chris tyree in this game was very odd to me mm-hmm. the usage of lorenzo styles or i should say volume of lorenzo styles was very odd to me i need the those guys because we've talked about brain Lindsay is another guy that the usage was kind of weird in, in game one those are your three most dynamic players in terms of long speed and for mm-hmm. whatever reason they did not prioritize getting them the football in space, yeah. not nearly enough. So there needs to be more. You need to do more things with Chris Tyree. You need to feature Lorenzo Styles more, and you need to feature Braden Lindsay at a higher rate as well. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bring all those the things. RPOs back more consistently. I, I mean, I really thought after that Oklahoma State game last year, I really thought the RPO was going to be a huge We saw huge it in the first play of the game. I know, you and know, then it and just was nowhere to be seen. But how really many? There. I mean, how many RPOs did you see Lorenzo Styles just kill this guy in Oklahoma State, man? Right. Like, just absolutely destroy. Uh, and I, I just don't understand like why these things that we're so excited about were not implemented in this offense. And I, that's what I'm most. I'm, I'm well, looking forward to part see of me, how part of me thinks that was dictated. That's. I mean, that's just. I'm just going off of what Coach Freeman said, and what he said was is that's kind of they, they they played the game plan he wanted them to play, and. uh you know, I I just want to I want to see a more aggressive game plan. You, look, we've said this a million times, guys. You're not going to win championships in college football right now, seventeen to thirteen. You're just not. Yeah. And so you're going to have to be able to score. And to me, that involves being aggressive, getting the ball. I mean, the the only the only look screen that they showed in the game, the now screen. Some people call it now. Sorry, I call it look screen. Uh, was to Michael Mayer, which is fine. I'm totally cool throwing those to Michael Mayer. He gained I think six or seven yards on the one he got. Totally fine with that. But that can't be the only person catching that, right? You know what I mean? Like, and and sometimes you're using those things to set something else up. That's the other thing is like, where are the double moves, right? Like, I mean, where are the things where Ohio State is playing coming up press? So you use things, use post snap switches, use, you know, why, you know, motion, what, 
wide fades, which they did to get Matt Salerno free, right? And on the play, he was called for offensive pass interference. And, you know, but like I need to see more of that. And I need to see that going to Tyree and Lindsey and Styles and Merriweather, not Matt Salerno with all due respect to Matt Salerno. Just the ways that you usually, you typically create space for players. I know you just talked about screens, right? Like that's a big one, obviously. I mean, Chris Tyree, Brandon <laughs> Lindsay, Lorenzo Styles. Again, like those are your guys that you want to get in space. Like yeah. those are the guys, man. And for whatever reason, yeah. that wasn't a priority. The only time we really saw Lorenzo and Braden Lindsay in this game, as far as the usage was, they wanted to set him vertically, which like is fine. Right. I'm good cool. with that. Oh, yeah. But yeah. also, let's get a jet sweep occasionally let's right. get a screen let's do some level stuff like let's you know get some crossing routes right like, we talked about ohio state running mesh so much right i didn't even see that much mesh in the game by the way no. but why is it notre dame running ohio mesh? state their yeah. game plan was built around we're not going to let the notre dame defensive line take this game over that's what their game plan was and the, as we said in the in the in the show we did beforehand they run a ton of mesh but mesh takes time yes Ohio State coached like they were really concerned about the Notre Dame pass rush, which is why C.J. Stroud didn't have a lot of dropbacks. It was quick game. It was swings. It was hitches. It was slants. It was stuff like that. It was stop routes, sit routes. It was stuff that's rhythm. Hit your top and let it go. Uh, and that's also partly why the Notre Dame pass rush wasn't as effective because they were getting the ball out so quick. Right. And and so, you know, you got to You got to kind of look at those factors as well. And so I understand it. But like, you know, maybe that's what Notre Dame did, too. They were worried about the pass rush, perhaps. I mean, I you know, I, I maybe maybe that was it. But, you know, Notre, like you, you were saying, right, like where were the crossing routes? Where were the where were the overs? Where were the levels? Like there was none of that stuff. And there needs to be that stuff. And so the the thing is is like and i know that people are frustrated by the the game plan for Tommy Reese and, and as we showed on the upon further review there was more aggressiveness in the second half than we thought there were more adjustments we thought they just didn't get executed correctly but the thing for me is there's a lot of stuff that we saw from that we've seen from Tommy in the past including the Oklahoma State game that were just non-existent in this Ohio State game even though you had players that were there yeah you know, last year when you were and doing had those success things. Right. and had success. Right. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So just to, to kind of give a little bit of a, a background for what Ohio State, Ohio State completed 11, 15, 17 of Ohio State's passes were completed um, short of the short of the uh, 17 of their 24 completions were completed under 10 yards in the game. Mm -hmm. They completed one pass of over 20 yards, and that was the touchdown pass. And they went one of four on throws over 20. They went six of 11 on throws uh, 10 between 10 and 19. And a lot of those were those comebacks on the sideline when he was scrambling. A lot of those were that. And then the rest of them were just short stuff. And, you know, that's where you need to see Notre Dame get a little bit more disruptive. Um, but, yes, I I, I want to see more of that from Notre Dame. Give me a hitch route. And if they're playing up close, that's why you – another reason to start throwing the ball downfield because – Teams are going to come up and press you, and, and we saw this from Marshall, right, as we talk about prep, prep, prep for Marshall, and part of the stuff about improvement is not just looking at the Ohio State game, but it's getting ready for Marshall. They're going to press you in the boundary for most of the game. Yes. I mean, they, they that's what they do. They'll play off to the field more often, but if I'm them, I'm pressing to the field as well because Notre Dame has shown you if you press, they will not go to that guy. They will just not mm -hmm. throw at that guy. And, and so best way to get back teams off, 
okay, you want to come up and press against 12 personnel, play cover one and your safety's over the ball, not out cheating towards the one receiver. Cool. Tyler, I don't care what the call is. We get that. You and so-and-so need to make a motion and you're just hitting your drop and you're letting it rip deep. Throw it deep. Mm -hmm. Complete the pass. Right. And if the line can't protect for that, then you need to find some new linemen because it's literally catch one, two, three, throw. That's it. Yep. Right. And and attack, be aggressive. I mean, that's not, that's okay. Yeah. I know that's not like a scheme that's going to like have people talking about how genius you are and all that, but you know what? It works and be willing to do that. And this is a game for that because as you said, they have actually one of the groups that I was most impressed with, with uh, Marshall from an athleticism standpoint were their corners. Now, yeah. They're not great players, but they're pretty good athletes for that level. And you mentioned Stephen Gilmore is a good football player. They've got some length and they've got some athleticism at corner. And so you're going to need to be prepared for that. I mean, you look at their starting secondary, it's six foot, six one, six one, six two. They've got some length. And mm-hmm. so you got to be aggressive and go at them and, and basically not let every other team that has long corners say, hey, look, as long as you guys are aggressive with us, we'll take ourselves out of the game. Right. And that's something that needs to change. So, well, I think, I think if, you know, just kind of putting a bow on my thoughts as far as Ohio state, Brian, because like, again, it, it, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but the one positive is that Notre Dame had a chance to win that football game. And I didn't think they played particularly well. Like there was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, like secondary was good. Right. And there were some moments where that's it. Every, every level where you're just yeah. like, okay, that was a flash, but like, I wouldn't really say any other, to your point, any other position that I would say particularly played well during that game. So yeah. Notre Dame has a lot to unlock here, man. And I, I, I just drives me crazy with the Notre Dame is going to lose four games this year. Right. Oh. People. And I'm just like, guys, we play the number two team in the country and Notre Dame didn't play a good football game and still had a chance to win that game. Right. That's, that's the point of it. Like if no, I don't think anybody thinks that Notre Dame played a good football game and they still had a chance. That tells me there is a, I, I will still say unlocked. their defense played good. I, I don't think their defense as played a whole. great as yes. a whole. Yes. Like, and I don't think any unit didn't play n- – none of the units played bad. Mm-hmm. You had some bad plays. But, like, the linebackers weren't great, but they weren't bad. Because right. if they were, Ohio State would have scored 40 points. The defensive line was not as good as it should have been, but it was still good. Mm-hmm. It was not good to the Notre Dame standard, but it was still good. They still battled. They still competed. They still shut down the run game for almost the entire game. And and even at the end, it was like 10-yard gain, 12-yard gain. They were just leaning on them because they're warm down. Nobody yeah. played bad on defense, but they didn't play anywhere close to their full potential as a unit. And that's mm-hmm. the thing for me, right, is you still were able to shut them, shut them down in, in a lot of different ways. And so this is a, still a very talented football team, but you need to go act like it. And then defensively, it's a quick conversation, Ryan. It's your dudes need to get back to playing like dudes. Yes. Like if Isaiah Foskey doesn't have a big game this week, I'm going to be concerned. And for Al Golden, you've got to do things to get them going early. Yes. You know, like hey Isaiah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this thing to kind of get you rolling. Hey Jason Adamula, we're going to we're going to put you here and we're going to ask you to do this. Right? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, look Marist, we're going to we're going to have some some stuff for you this week. That's also partly good coaching, is you know because you are playing a team that you're better than. You know, hey, I got to get these guys ready to go because I'm going to need them mentally right when we play North Carolina in a couple weeks. Yes. Right. And when we play BYU and some other teams and that Syracuse game isn't looking like a pushover now with when you look at what they did to Louisville this weekend. Mm-hmm. So you got to get those guys ready to play, Ryan. And to me, you know, that's that's where I need to see their that defensively. Just get your dudes back to playing like dudes, because if if you can keep playing as, as good as you did at the other spots on as your complimentary players. And of course, Brandon Joseph was your one star that played like a star. 
If you can get those guys back to, and even Cam Hart struggled early, but bounced back and played much better after that. But if you can get those guys back to playing the way that they're capable of, and and those other guys continue to play well, you're going to have a really good football team. A really good football team. I mean, Clarence Lewis. I mean, that he was the one player that everybody was most concerned about coming into the season, and I thought he played one of the best games of his career against the best pass attack that he's going to face until the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yes. Right. I'm not saying that one's better. I'm just saying this one is the best, and then they won't face another one like it until USC at the end of the year. So, yep, a, a lot to be encouraged by in this game, right? And and you not only did they not play well, but they led for about 34 minutes of the game. And I mean, that's a good place to be. So now it's time to go play to your potential and put this Marshall team away. And then the other, the one thing I want to see better in this game, better mm-hmm. tackling. It got better. It was better than what it was, it was last better. year, but yep. it's still not where it needs to be. Now, tackling usually is at its worst early in the season. 100%. Because you're not able to do as much in practice. I mean, just snout as you can't do it. So I remember thinking, Ryan, I think I might have texted you this. I might have tweeted it. I don't remember how I communicated it. There's too many ways of communication now. Uh, sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's really bad for an old guy like me. <laughs> but it was like, man, I hope Notre Dame tackles better than what I'm seeing here in week zero. And then in week one, you're like, good Lord, I hope they tackle better than what I'm seeing. And for the most part, they did. But I need to see even better. You know, that's the thing is, it, it, and especially stopping guys at the fir- at the point of contact. Like, don't let guys push you forward for four yards. You know, yes. stone them and then bring them back and then let your guys rally. I want to see I want to see more of that from this defense as well. I mean, because looking forward for a second, right? I mean, the one thing about Marshall is that Marshall's going to stress you outside a little bit, right? Like they're going to throw a lot of screens. They're going to do that space stuff, and they're going to make you tackle well in space. And that is, I mean, you, North Carolina is going to do the same thing. USC is going to do the same thing. Although Boston College did not play in the well in the first game as a team. Zay Flowers is going to stress you in space a ton. Garwo is a tough runner that you're going to have to have your lunch pail ready to that play. That line is so bad. George Tack is, is bald is. on Saturday. George Tack a, is bald out on Saturday. I had, an, I had an agent text me yesterday, Brian. I forgot to tell you. It was like, uh, who's this uh, Takis kid that came from Notre Dame? I was like, yeah, he's, you know, wasn't he's really, really used much in the, in the past game, but he's, yeah. uh, you know, getting his opportunity now at Boston College. Yeah, but he's really good. I mean, so those teams, like there's some dynamic weapons, obviously, that are still on on the on the tap on the schedule for this year. And then, I mean, that's not even mentioning Clemson. And although Clemson's offense looked awful last night, they still have guys like Will Shipley and, and Pace at running back and guys that can hurt you, right, if you're not tackling well in those types of games. So there's a lot of tests defensively. And I think that Marshall is, is going to, again, I, I call it a gut check. This is a gut check for me. If Marcus Freeman is who I think he is, and I, I 100% believe that he is the man for this job. After a loss like that, it is a big indicator of how much trust he has from every player if they come out and they dominate this football game. That's going right. to be huge for me in this one. It's a gut check.